Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it if it is nerdy. We are talking about it. And tonight's main event is the Batman Nerd Out. I'm your host, Austin. With me, as always, is the amazing Amanda from the other room, getting the kids to sleep. The wild yet elusive Jekka. Hello. And burn. Yeah. <laughs> and burn, Daddy Burn. Uh, give me a moment. I'm, take, I'm, I'm taking a sip of a drink. Hi. Oh, folks, I'm just going to tell you right now lower your standards for for what you expect from this podcast tonight because I'm tired. <laughs> I'm st- I'm still partially in my work clothes. It's been a long day that we're starting the podcast a little later than normal. But we we've got the Batman to talk about. So you you're dang right we got to talk tonight. But we got a whole lot more to include. There's some rumors saying that the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series will have even more major characters in the show than what's been announced already. Mark Ruffalo He's saying that he's passing the banner to She-Hulk. Steven Spielberg apparently has been very heavily involved in the Halo TV series in ways you might not expect. And a whole lot more, so make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say. Plus 10, Nerd XP to you. Nerd XP. We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning some Nerd XP. Nerd XP! But in the meantime, Cheka, what's nerdy with you? Yeah, so um, two things. First, from our last podcast when we talked about The Hobbit, The Unexpected Journey, that just kicked me off on the unexpected, long-needed... <laughs> or the Rings binge that I've been meaning to do. I just finished watching The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. Mm-hmm. Right before this podcast, like this afternoon, I watched it. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to keep rolling and go on to Lord of the Rings. So it was a good call to do a Hobbit review because that finally made me rewatch Lord of the Rings, which I've been meaning to do for a good couple years. I keep meaning to and I just get distracted. So that's the first thing. And the second thing, too, um, I'm officially known as the frog girl at my church. Because <laughs> everyone knows that I'm studying frogs and salamanders and I'm looking for ponds with those little guys in them. And so they're just like, you know, whenever I think of a frog, I think of you. And I hope that uh. you know, you're not offended by that. And I was like, no, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that you see a frog and you think of me. That's great. <laughs> maybe maybe you say something like, "I hey, frogs are cool. I turned them into princes or something. I don't know. <laughs> They turn them into warriors, dude. Come on. Okay, sure. There you go. So. <laughs> you know, I uh, I'm a little jealous that you've already watched all three Hobbit movies. I uh, I, I look forward to jumping back on the Hobbit and doing some rewinds on the other ones because um, I'm kind of jonesing, if I'm honest, to uh, watch the second one because my 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 nine year old son, uh, his first time watching any of those movies. I've tried to get him to watch all those movies before, but he just didn't have the attention span, but this was the first time he actually sat through and watched all of uh, a Middle Earth movie, and he actually liked it. 
and he liked it better than he thought he did. And so I'm looking forward to getting to the next one so he can watch it. So I'm a little jealous. Who will? All right, Brandy, what's nerdy with you? Oh, I'm sorry, Jack. Are you going to say something? I was just going to say, I don't have kids. And my oh, some of my evenings, like, I'm so wiped out from the day that I'm just like, I'm going to watch something. And so I kind of have that advantage. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's cool. Well, Jekka, if you'd like uh, to see what that's like, I have a couple I can send you. <laughs> just for like a week or two. No. Uh, they're good kids. They're good kids. I, I have a bearded dragon. She's a handful. <laughs> they can feed. They can feed themselves as long as it goes in a toaster and uh, <laughs> they can bathe themselves. So you don't have to worry about that. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. You know, before Amanda and I got married, we actually, uh, we actually did that. We actually practiced with a kiddo. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, not before we got married, before we had kids after we were married. Uh, yeah. We had somebody send one of their kiddos out and we watched the kiddo for about a week just to, I don't know, practice. Um, <laughs> it, and, and it had no applicable value whatsoever well, I mean it's completely I, different than because yeah. nobody's I'll, sending you a two week old I'll admit yeah I'll admit the kid was 13 years old so <laughs> <laughs> they were driving me around to the store and I mean it was totally different but oh well, oh well. <laughs> alright Brady what's nerdy with you uh, speaking of kids my son I, I've kind of stepped away from video games lately just I just hadn't been feeling with all the global stuff I, you know, going on, Mm. I find myself watching a lot of news and I'll be honest with you. I feel a little guilty when I just like, I'm sitting here playing a video game and I know people are getting their homes bombed and and not to go too deep into that. I just, I just kind of pulled back from that a little bit, but my, my younger son, he, uh, he started, he picked up a little free game online uh, on the PS4 called Brawlhalla. Yes. And, uh, and I and it's got it supports crossplay. So I downloaded it in Steam and we beat the snot out of each other for a while uh today. It was a lot of fun and I'll probably be playing it a little bit more. He's got a buddy he plays with um as well. So Yeah, yeah I've had my been, I've had my eyes on that too. I just haven't picked it free. up though. Yeah, it's, it's free. Like, it, it's like Super Smash Brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a little platformer. You're just not it's yeah, like Joust, right? I don't know yeah. if you remember Joust. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, so it's kind of fun. And if you do that, let me know. We'll we'll get in. We'll play some. Or anytime I'm online or my son's online, like he can only contact trusted people online. So sure. uh, so yeah, um, I would certainly add you to that list. But we also finished Foundation as a family. Of course, I watched it a okay, while yeah. back, but we finished it up. Series. We watched it. Yeah, it was really good. And we started the last season of Lost in Space, which it's exactly mm. what I'm expecting it to be. And yeah, you know, it's kind of campy, what, whatever. But it's a the, good show, I guess. What the family think of Foundation? Um, I think that. So my youngest son, my twelve-year-old, appreciated the science fiction of it, right? Uh-huh. My my fourteen-year-old, he um he followed the storyline a little bit better because it's really tough to follow that storyline. Even rewatching it a second time, you really got to pay attention to like when it says 139 years later, you've got to know kind of who's where and what's shifting around. Um, and my wife liked it. The cinematography is great. You know, we talked about all that, but I think that it took a while, um, like almost like episode eight really out of 10, because that's when stuff starts kind of congealing and forming the story. You're just getting bits and pieces, you know, up through then. And then 
it's really in in eight when Cleon Fourteenth, you know, is 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 compromised, and then you know they take care of that other clone, and then in Episode Nine when you know that's when Harry Seldon comes out of the Foundation or out of the Vault. And then, you know, and in the last episode, when Cleon the 14th gets his neck snapped, you know, mm-hmm. that, that whole thing, oh, that spoiler, whole, warning. Little spoiler <laughs> alert, um, that whole, you know, those last three episodes kind of bring everything to a culmination. Um, so it just, it did galvanize the fact that Hugo is still my favorite. Love Hugo. Hugo's my favorite character on that show, but yeah. So, but they liked it all for different reasons, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it was good watching it a second time through because, pardon the pun, but I had the foundational knowledge um, <laughs> to watch it and kind of know what to expect so I could pay attention to a little bit more of those details. Very cool. Yeah, that, yeah those last episodes. Woo! Yeah. They're... Uh, brutal? It, yeah, intense, brutal. It's, it's interesting, that's for sure. They really are. And I guess that would be Cleon, Cleon the Twelfth, that is Brother uh, Dusk. Yeah. In that, who was the, who was the very non-fun brother Day at the beginning of the series, mm-hmm. you know his his personality. They did such a good job of bringing that personality from Day to Dusk and giving Day a new personality, which yeah. is a testament to the actor's ability to yeah. convey that. Yeah, yeah, really good. pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Well, so we uh, part of the reason why we're starting late is we had to babysit some kiddos. And I just found out that they uh, that one of the nine year old kiddos has never seen a Star Wars movie, and he wants to watch them. So Ooh. I feel it is my duty. Or I'll <laughs> even raise my right hand. It is my duty as a super nerd <laughs> to get him to watch all the Star Wars movies. So I believe you can actually log that as service hours, can't you? Yes, yes, service, <laughs> service hours to humanity. Let the um, records show that Austin was in fact raising his right hand. <laughs> yes, yes. I uh, so you know we got we got the big screen and uh, projector and all that stuff and the sound system and uh, and I'm gonna make it a full out movie theater experience for this kid. I you know I, and I'm gonna go the extra mile by giving him the full movie theater opening night Star Wars experience by making him. Uh, stand in line for for hours uh, before. Go outside. Yeah, yeah. Go go spend the night in a tent, and we'll talk tomorrow. All right. See and then you can and then you can watch it. What order are you going to show them to him in? Uh, I. There's only one correct answer. I'm just seeing if you no can. no. If if you give the wrong answer, I'm no, disconnecting. No, no. The correct answer is the answer George Lucas says when he's asked that question. And what George Lucas says is you watch him in episodic order. One, two, three, four, five, six. And so that's I think that's how I'm going to do it. <laughs> George Lucas is obviously in mental decline. There's absolutely no way you show them one, two, and three. Before you show them four, five, and six. Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, dude. I th- you can't I- be serious. No, no. I think that's the way to do it. I really do. I believe really that, but and you're okay being wrong. I'm just trying to explain <laughs> to you why that's the case. You Where's di- my popcorn? Oh my I need my popcorn. Look, look I, I spend 
an embarrassing amount of time watching YouTube Star Wars first time reactions. And the people that watch it in episodic order, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, almost always enjoy it more than watching it four, five, six, one, two, three for those first timers. In fact, I've seen a number of these people say after they watch uh, four, five, and six, and then go to one, two, three. I've a number of them. I've I've heard them say, "I wish I had watched it in one, two, three, four, five, six order." So I I know for I've seen people on YouTube say that there's something in the water making frogs gay. It doesn't make it true. I think the only reason why people want four, five, six, one, two, three is because that's the order they saw it in, and that's the order I saw it in, but. I th- I think there's some legitimacy in uh, in watching in episodic order. So. Look, I feel like I'm arguing with a fence post here. All I'm going to do <laughs> is I'm gonna I'm going to appeal to our listeners <laughs> to absolutely correspond with Austin on all avenues of social media, explaining <laughs> to him why he is wrong, and if you believe he's right, you should probably I... turn off your <laughs> listening device. I will. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just send them the link to George Lucas in in it a, in a video talking about. Lucas says. I think it does. I think it does. He he is the creator of Star Wars. How how do you he just didn't, how do you just turn out of a gym after three days? He's just a dude, man. No, he's just a dude. He's not just a dude. <laughs> Look, the day George Lucas passes. <laughs> and it, I feel it feels slightly blasphemous to even say that sentence. <laughs> but the but the day he passes, this podcast will have an episode of mourning. <laughs> we will mourn when that day happens. It, it'll be it'll be our it'll be our what's nerdy with you nerd news and main event for the day. So. Look, I, I'm sure people don't want to hear us argue about this, but <laughs> all you have to do is look at the, <laughs> all you look. I don't get worked up very much. I'm usually a pretty chill kind of guy, but all you have to do is go back and look at at the enhanced uh, stuff he added to the already great Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, trilogy, the original. To 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 just conceptualize why George Lucas is not always right. I I don't I don't even fall in that camp either. I have I have no issues with the special edition extras. I I I, ju- I just don't I don't fall into that. The 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 only like stereotypical fanboy Star Wars stuff that I, I think I fall into is I'm not really a huge sequel trilogy fan. I think there's. I think there's just so many obvious uh, issues with the sequel trilogy that I it just can't be ignored, no matter how much I really want to love those things. Uh, that's the only thing that I think I fall into. Jar Jar Binks, I've never hated him. Do I think he's great? No, but I've never hated him. He's, he's, I thought that was just a, like a simple character flaw of yours. I didn't realize it extended <laughs> to the... Hey... I I know few people that are on par with my Star Wars fandom obsession. Um, you are, I look at your face and it appears the same, but you are a different person than when I first logged on tonight. 
Hey, Where's at the drop of a hat, I an experience. I should have had popcorn for this. At the drop of a hat, <laughs> I can launch into the opening scroll of episode four. In, no. <laughs> in <laughs> any moment, any moment, I will save you all. All right, Amanda's <laughs> back and she's the attacking me. All right, so <laughs> let it be known that we're gonna help uh, help this young lad watch Star Wars the George Lucas approved way. So, Air anyways, quote help. we're Air gonna help. we're gonna move on to some nerd news. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. And now more Star Wars. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, rumors say the upcoming Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series will have even more major characters in it than has been previously announced. Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series set 10 years after the dramatic events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, and we've known for a while it's going to bring back Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi and Hayden Christensen's Darth Vader. But apparently, that's not all. If you don't want to know any of these spoilers, possible spoilers, these are rumors, then I say skip ahead a good three to five minutes. But who might be in this series? Well, according to Making Star Wars, Jason Ward, Liam Nielsen's Qui-Gon Jinn will be showing up. Quote, well, I know Qui-Gon's in it, but I don't know if he's a voiceover or if he's a, a, a force ghost. I know he's in it now. Like, I know. I've been told. Been given the thumbs up. End quote. It's also been said that Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan will play a big part in the series. And these are rumored details, but this is what's been said. We have learned that Obi-Wan will have an important mission in the series that involves none other than Her Highness, Princess Leia. Additionally, we've learned that the princess manages to get herself into trouble even at this young age. And of course, Obi-Wan's task will be to rescue the princess just as he's protecting young Luke. And that's why she knows she can trust Obi-Wan Kenobi to deliver R2-D2 in A New Hope. End quote. So, of course, um, I'm wondering who's going to play Princess Leia. And two, like, that does make sense to bring her in. And I kind of like how they're tying that into that aspect of A New Hope, that she would trust Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know. But then again... We know that she gets into trouble if we watch Star Wars Rebels because there is a couple episodes where she did get into trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think that's cool, and I'm kind of not surprised that Liam Neeson would come back. From I, I remember hearing, and here's me probably spreading potential rumor as well. But here we go <laughs> that like Liam Neeson enjoyed playing Qui Gon Jinn, like he really enjoyed playing him. So I think mm-hmm. that's cool. I want to know who else they might bring back. Maybe they'll bring back Jar Jar Binks. I don't know. No. My opinion of Jar Jar Binks changed from Clone Wars, so there was a couple yeah. episodes with Jar Jar Binks in Clone Wars that I was like, okay, he's better. There is, um, and we talked about this a while back, that, that they cast for 10-year-old Leia, mm-hmm. and the, reportedly the actress is Vivian Lyra Blair. Um, wow. And 
I'm, I'm just doing a quick run search run on it. Um, and I remember us having a very positive response to that. Um, so yeah, it looks like they've, they've, mm. cause she's going to be younger, right? She'll be, true. 10. she'll be a child at that point. And yeah. one of the things I'm excited about kind of piggybacking off what you said, Jekka is, you know, Princess Leia has always been kind of like this feisty, you know, really kind of independent, strong, you know, character. And it'll be good to see some backstory for that, Mm -hmm. you know, in, you know, in live action film. I think that'll be great. I'm I'm really excited to see that part and see that character development. Ooh, yeah, because in that case, we'll get like the full spectrum because, you know, we have Leia like at the peak of the rebellion and then Leia after the rebellion in the sequel trilogy. And then we get to see her before all that, like her mm-hmm. prequel. So yeah, that's going to be really cool to see her full spectrum. I'm excited Indeed. for that. Moving on. Patrick Stewart talks Picard season two, saying that he needed to tap into his own trauma for the story. So Picard's story will continue. Jean-Luc Picard, that is, in Star Trek Picard season two. Obviously, he's an interesting character dealing with a, apparently a lot of past trauma if he has to tap into his own story for that. Well, Sir Patrick Stewart recently explained that he drew from his own traumatic life experiences to play his character in this next season. In a recent interview with Slash Film, Stewart was asked if the Picard series is about aging gracefully, and this was the actor's response. End quote, or I'm sorry, quote, Yes, it was very much, and in that respect, I could draw from my own life experiences, and also largely thanks to very high-class therapy, which has been very important in my adult life for, I would say, the last 30 years, and I've benefited enormously from it, but a lot of it was to do not with my adulthood, but with my childhood, and how I could come to terms with what I have often looked on as being failures in my life, not to have helped my parents more. In the same way, Jean-Luc is troubled, and it has been extraordinary and interesting to weave elements of my own experience into that of a fictional character. So that is one thing that I have loved about the Picard series is the the deep introspection, like the emotional development of the characters has been really strong. I'm just really, really hoping that they move it along a lot more quickly. (laughs) Yes. Season one was, it it was beautiful in the simplicity of that building that those emotions, but they just took so long in a geriatric pace to get there. (laughs) Can we, can we give them a little help moving a little bit faster? (laughs) You know, the thing about, Picard, the series, is that this is definitely not Jean-Luc Picard, you know, Earl Grey, hot, uh, that we see in The Next Generation. And I miss that Picard. I mean, this, this Picard is a much more vulnerable Picard. And maybe that's good for a character, uh, you know, study, but I don't know. I, I want to see Picard maybe rise back up to who he once was. And uh, I want to see him 
you know, stare down the Borg and, uh, you know, stare down, stare down death in the face while, while being, you know, awesome. (laughs) But we got to see him stare down like his entire support system, which was the Federation. And that was beautiful in itself because he was then standing up for something. Sure. Instead of just being the face, the face of the Federation to new peoples. And he stood up for something. And that is what's great about the series. The problem I just have is with the pacing. Eh. And, I, and I think that's a, that's the bigger deal is they. The pacing is a big deal, but I, I, I wouldn't, I, I, I don't agree with you that, that he uh, was basically the same Picard and just standing up against the Federation. I want. He's an older, wiser Picard. I he want never him. never be that young Picard again. No, 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 no. It's not. I, it's not the young Picard that I'm going for. What I'm going for is, is the young Picard was inspirational. He stood on the, the board of the Enterprise, and, I mean, he was an inspiring leader who inspired the audience watching the show. But the Picard that we see in the TV series of Picard is not quite to that same level. I want to be inspired by Jean-Luc Picard. You say young Picard, but hasn't Jean-Luc Picard always been like 68 years old? Yes. Like even when he was 50 and now when he's like 90, he's always been like 68 (laughs) years old. True. Well, so what I I think the show is trying to show is that he's older and wiser and more mature. And I think he's more jaded because of what has happened. And he's trying to right a wrong. And we're seeing him, I, I think at this point, he's more inspiring on a personal level. Because no, okay. he's inspiring the people that he's with. He's not the leader of the Enterprise. He's inspiring the people he's with to go out and be leaders themselves. Uh, and that's what I see happening with the series. I don't see that, but I will respect your opinion. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, I I don't know about this one, though. I've got a little bit of a rant coming. But anyways, Mark Ruffalo says he's passing the banner to She-Hulk. That's right. Mark Ruffalo may be winding down his time in the role of Bruce Banner and the Hulk as he's now talking about passing the banner to Orphan Black's Tatiana Masolani in Marvel's She-Hulk series. The series focuses on Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk, a lawyer and cousin of Bruce Banner who inherits his Hulk powers after she she receives a blood transfusion from him. Unlike Bruce, however, when She-Hulk's out, Jennifer is able to retain most of her personality, intelligence, and emotional control. In a recent interview with Access Hollywood, Ruffalo praised Masolani in the series, saying, quote, Tatiana is freaking legendary as the She-Hulk. I'm passing the banner onto her. There are some really good, funny, cool, long, long scenes between the professor and her. We've never really seen the Hulk interact with people the way he does in that show. It will be really interesting, end quote. Uh, She-Hulk is expected to be a 10-episode First season premiering sometime in 2022. Well, you know, nothing's permanent, right? 
you know, these actors are going to go on, they're going to either age out or they're going to go on and want to do other projects. And we have to see this coming at some point. So if it were anyone other than Tatiana Maslany, I would be highly doubtful that they could carry a character like that, but I'm incredibly optimistic that she can do it. I think that, you know, in, I think the days of the, the Avengers, right? You've got the big names, you've got Thor, you've got Iron Man, you've got the Hulk, right? You've got those big names and they were the truly epic phases of Marvel. And I think what you're, you're seeing now as we go into this other and handing off the baton to, to these other characters with, with uh, Hawkeye and, and Hulk um, is it's, basically a new it's a new ecosystem right i hoped we would get longer out of mark ruffalo not to say that i don't think she hulk's going to be great because i'm 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 sure it will but i really hope to get more out of mark ruffalo and the hulk uh in the mcu than it looks like we may get i know you've got a little bit of a rant so i will yield my time (laughs) to the uh to the uh incorrect star wars order guy all right, I'm I'm sick and tired of this handing the baton off. Um, I I just don't want to see another one. Like, I mean, I'm obviously going to still watch it, but I just don't want to. I mean, we've already seen this very story play out in the MCU like three, four times already. Why do we Nobody have to? Nobody ha- wants it to happen. But yes, I mean, what, what what other practical approach is there? The problem no, 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 no. I'm not. My, I'm not done ranting. I am not done ranting. <laughs> Backing away. Backing I, back. I, I will. I will. I will give time. It's not. It's not. I'm not talking about from the practical approach. I understand people's contracts are ending and they don't want to do it. I'm just saying that to have all of them doing this exact story. At the exact same time, one show after another, after another, after another is kind of boring. And and I and I just don't want to see it. I would have much rather seen maybe honestly like a character get killed off uh, than simply doing another handoff of the baton. Like, let's find some more interesting ways of sending these characters off or ending these characters. Um, I mean, why not see... Shoot Mark Ruffalo into space, you know, planet Hulk. Yeah. And we can visit that later. I, I'm fine with that. And and at the same time, I don't necessarily understand why we have to hand the baton off. If, 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 it's, a, if it's an issue with actors, then why can't we just use this multiverse storyline being introduced in the MCU to get a fresh new round of actors in to play these same roles. So we can still have uh Hulk and Captain America and, and, and even black widow, you know, let's, well, let's, a lot of let's these, a lot of, a lot of these stories adhere to comic book storylines. Right. So, you know, for, for some of the purists out there, you know, this is serving them. So, the the problem I have is is they're doing it all at the same time. Yes. So if they yeah. were to do like a TV like a Hulk series and then in the next phase hand over to She-Hulk, that would be great. 
They're just doing too many handoffs at the same time. And, and I love that they're sticking to the comics as they're doing these handoffs, but it's just too many at the same time. And just rip the band-aid. Just yeah, but it. but it it's 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 you know the, the upcoming it, Black Panther movie is gonna be this exact same okay. storyline. So if they want to rip the band-aid off, let's just do an Avengers movie and do the handoff boom, one movie, let's hand it off. That is the band-aid I want. This is like a slow, yeah. slow ripping of the band-aid. Oh, you feel each hair as it comes Yeah, in. exactly. <laughs> and it's just, it gets more irritating as you rip each, each hair with the band-aid. So let's just yeah. do it all at once in one movie and let's just be done with it. I understand that. I can respect that. I don't, I don't mind it, but I can understand how someone may. Well, I mean, it feels like the exact. I mean, it just it feels like a reskinning to use a you know game turn. It just it just it feels like a reskinning of the exact same story over and over and over and over. And I'm just like, all right, you know, we we've seen this before. Let's get something a little new and different. All right, moving on. <laughs> Steven Spielberg apparently is heavily heavily involved in the Halo TV series. That's right. Legendary filmmaker Steven Spielberg seemingly has have has had a big hand in the upcoming Halo TV series. We've known for a while that Steven Spielberg was involved, but just how much was he involved? Well, during an interview with Total Film, Halo TV series producer Daryl Frank revealed exactly how far-reaching Steven Spielberg's influence was on the upcoming Halo series. Quote, we treated it as though it was a legacy project of Stevens. He grandfathered it in terms of reading every script, helping choose the showrunners, the writers, the directors, the cast, production design, and visual effects. Every aspect of it he looked at, end quote. So Steven Spielberg, apparently his interest in Halo goes a long way back. After all, he was originally expected to produce the now defunct Halo movie. Well, Steven Spielberg's Amblin television production company is helping bring this TV series to our screens, and he is heavily involved in every aspect of it. But it is unclear whether Spielberg necessarily affected any changes to the script direction or production design. But the fact that obviously he's had his hands directly on all of it is it's got to be a good sign for this TV series. So I'm excited to hear that Steven Spielberg is involved with it because I'm going to be forced to watch it whether <laughs> I want to or not. That's just not an option at that at this point in my life. <laughs> um, so I think it's going to be good. Hoping. Um, all I know is that it should be in a box canyon and there should be a red player named Donut. That's that's all oh, I know. Oh boy. <laughs> red versus blue. Weren't, weren't we just talking about that earlier? I I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I loved that little web series. So that that's what I think of whenever I think of the Halo TV series. I'm just wondering if Nathan Fillion's gonna appear in it because I know he like voices some of the newer games. I don't know. Oh. Well, it already looks great. So yes, I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. And I'm, not I'm a, like, sorry, Brady, I keep talking. Over no, go ahead, Jacob. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
One, two, three, go. <laughs> I'll probably watch it. I'm with Amanda where it's like, well, I'll probably watch it just because I'm like waiting for the TV series that I want to watch. So while I'm waiting for those, I'll watch it. I got a feeling this would be one of those things that is better than we expect and uh, we get hooked into it. At least that's what I'm hoping. So, hey, it's a good thing I told people to lower their expectations on this podcast. Because <laughs> that's a, I think that's the first time we're like, uh, who's going to talk? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of funny. Anyways, moving on. Check this out. Rumors are saying that Beetlejuice 2, that's right, Beetlejuice 2 is officially happening now. It looks like Beetlejuice 2 is actually moving forward. There have been talks of a Beetlejuice sequel happening for years. And it's been in and out of development over and over again. Well, according to uh, Ankler's Hollywood uh, Transom newsletter, the project has now landed at Brad Pitt's Plan B production company, it's also being reported that both Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder are expected to reprise their roles in Beetlejuice 2. They also say that the project could actually start production as early as this summer. Another version of the sequel has been in development for a while by the Lego Batman movies' Seth Graham Smith. And when talking about that, he previously, previously said, It's funny. When I had met with Tim about it last, and we're talking about five years ago at this point, the reason that it's so hard to get going is because so many people love it, because there are 10 million ways to get the sequel wrong and four ways to get it right. It's such a very fine needle to thread that I certainly like didn't get it there on the script side. I didn't thread the needle. There are things that were cool and some interesting ideas, I certainly emotionally moved on from it. If it happens someday, it happens. But Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder are just as relevant today as ever. And Tim Burton is just as relevant as ever. But you have to have those people excited about something to do it. I couldn't get it there personally as a writer, but maybe somebody else can. You know, the the thing about this is uh, even though Lego Batman isn't, isn't uh his script isn't moving forward i i would say what he what he mentioned about michael keaton winona Ryder is right on the money they're they're still relevant today and uh maybe that makes beetlejuice too attractive i don't know oh big time i mean i'm sitting here and i'm trying to think like i haven't seen beetlejuice nearly as much as i should have i'll say that <laughs> i think i've only seen it once or twice and like i do remember enjoying it both times I'm sitting here, I'm just like trying to remember what it was about. And it's one of those movies where it's like, I can't really remember what it's about, but I remember enjoying it Mm -hmm. and I just haven't gotten around to it. So I think this is cool. I am curious to see how they play it because obviously like Winona Ryder, especially, you know, she's much older. She's been running around playing Joyce Byers. So (laughs) that's going to be a fun aspect of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of curious to see how they're going to spin that because it's definitely much later, you know, mm-hmm. when it came out in the 80s and all that. Beetlejuice is a wonderful movie. It's right in my generational wheelhouse of movies that are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Beetlejuice, the sequel, is the sequel that 
I don't think anybody needs. <laughs> no, I, I mean that. And, and I, I love, I love the actors. Uh, I love Winona Ryder. I love Michael Keaton. Um, I, it's, I, I can't see a need for a Beetlejuice sequel. Um, yeah, well, it just I, seems weird to me. I think I think it's pretty obvious that they're they're riding off of the upcoming Michael Keaton, uh, you know, Batman reemergence, and you know, Michael Keaton's only going to be becoming more popular today. And Winona Ryder, I mean, she's still been popular doing uh, Stranger Things for these many years now. So it's kind it's kind of funny, like like maybe you know five, six, seven, eight years ago. Both of them weren't quite as uh, you know attractive to a, a production company as they are today. So, so what were they in together? Well, they were in Beetlejuice. It's just such an iconic film, you know, and it's <sighs> all right. Hey, nothing, yeah. nothing can be worse than the Broadway musical version uh-huh. of Beetlejuice. I did not know they had Broadway. Have, I have seen a like clips. They turned it into a musical. Interesting. Wow. Is it so, like Captain Rogers musical in Hawkeye? <laughs> uh, based on what I saw, that yes. Was terrible. Yeah, that was sort of like, like, oh, okay. I will say it. It would be pretty fun to see Michael Keaton acting acting as Beetlejuice again. I mean, just oh, he'll crazy. be great. Yeah, yeah. it'll be so, wonderful. So the fact that they've done that, I'm I'm more keen on a Beetlejuice too, just to kind of get the taste of the Beetlejuice the musical out of my mouth. You know, if if they were able to bring back Bill and Ted and make another sequel after all these years, <laughs> and and be successful, like it was a pretty good sequel, uh, then maybe we shouldn't throw Beetlejuice two under the bus quite yet. I uh, I'm hoping oh, that's gonna I be feel, good. I feel like Bill and Ted, the advantage they had there was they were playing, like, the biggest thing is they did not shirk away that the actors had aged, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they kept that aspect, and they kept the aspect of, like, oh, they had married the princesses, or, like, you know, they were in a relationship with them, and so now they have kids. And, like, Bill and Ted's Face the Music, they were able to, like... Because my big concern with Bill and Ted's Face the Music was it was, like, wait, they still haven't made the song that unites the world and the universe? And Mm -hmm. I felt like they, they, they made that work. I don't know. So here's the thing with with Beetlejuice 2 that's going to happen is it's going to be Winona Winona Ryder's character as an adult dealing with this. Hmm. Ooh. There you go. that's how they're going to play it. That would be interesting. Yeah. I like that idea. That's pretty cool. I mean, so they're going to play with the age there. I mean, Beetlejuice doesn't have to age because it's Beetlejuice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe Winona Ryder has kids and Beetlejuice is brought back by the kids and so Winona Ryder is in the mentor role as uh uh the Alec Baldwin and his wife was in the first one or maybe she will be dealing with other family issues or someone coming to try and buy out her house or foreclosure or something yeah I don't know I don't know oh people trying to buy her house and destroy the house or something I don't know I don't think I don't think the house is is as important as Winona Ryder. I, I think Beetlejuice Beetlejuice can pop up anywhere. The, the house was the main part of the story. Well, I know, I know, I know, but but I, I don't think Beetlejuice is connected to the house as, as much as he's connected to Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder's character. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, anyways, we got 
We got a whole lot to talk about with the Batman, so let's get into it. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park? And that now means it is time for our main event! The Batman! Night shout out to all you super nerds who have hit that podcast subscribe button we really really appreciate you please help us get the word out and tell a friend about the podcast and i want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button if you haven't already come on do it you'll get plus 10 nerd xp nerd xp so we unfortunately have to say goodbye to brady right now isn't that right Yes, you do. And what? And why do do you want to tell <laughs> why us? Why are you leaving us? 
because I got because life got in the way and I didn't get to go see the movie yet. Do you want to hear the non-spoiler reviews first or just bug out? <laughs> no, here. So I think I've seen a lot of non-spoiler stuff online and I I'm comfortable with that. Spoilers don't normally affect or afflict me, but to not inhibit your conversation at all, I think I'm going to go ahead and call it. Okay. All right, buddy. So, so, so next, next week we'll have to get your input. Maybe during nerd. Yes. I should see it over the next week. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll give a blurb, but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to bow out and, uh, just urge everyone to write you like I told them to earlier. All right. I'll, uh, I'll see you guys later. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. He left us. He left us. That's okay. All right. So the Batman. So I think it was a really great Batman movie. Okay. I agree. Um, so yes, I do too. What I liked is they, they, there was a higher focus on Batman and the puzzle that Batman's trying to figure out. Yeah. They wanted to do the whole detective thing. And so I, I really enjoyed that. Cause that was, it, it, it felt a lot different because of that than a lot of the other Batman movies have been. Yeah. It really, I felt like compared to all the other ones, this one really shined on Batman's detective skills. Oh yeah. Um, it was in that regard that I felt like it aligned it was like a good homage to the ori- the animated Batman series. Cause in the animated Batman series, you get a lot of that. Those like just mm-hmm. raw detective skills. And so this movie, I really liked that. Like, you know, the riddles, he was figuring out the riddles. Um, like Batman does in the original animated series. I all like background info, any Batman movie that comes out, I'm comparing it to the animated series. That's my <laughs> yeah. standard. Nothing tops the animated series. So it's, it's a matter of are you just as good or not kind of thing. So <laughs> you know, but but even though we <laughs> talked about in last week's episode, podcast episode, they they didn't end up doing the Batman the animated series like rooftop. Yes. Scene. I was disappointed in that. I was yes. really looking forward to that and I didn't get it and I was kind of like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, why why that. would they uh why would they show it in the TV uh, spots, but not in the other ones? Deleted the scene. Movie? Yeah, it could hmm. be deleted scene. Also to like draw people to the theater. I mean, like, so yeah, I was disappointed they didn't have that, but I still would go back and see it. So I, I am going like, to. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, go on. My my biggest complaint with the movie was actually not the movie, but the theater. Because I had to make a bathroom run, and I'm trying to do this as fast as possible so I could not miss as much. Yeah. And literally, like the bathrooms were hidden, and you had to go like back to the very <laughs> front of the theater. And I'm all like looking around for a quicker bathroom. Yeah. I come back, and Austin's like, "You missed like half the movie." <laughs> oh man. Well, you, I didn't see you missed half the movie. I, you, you missed an important part of the movie, and I'm trying to remember what that part was. Oh, it was the part in which uh, it was basically revealed to Bruce Wayne that the uh, uh, the foundation or what was? Okay, but anyway, spoiler, spoilers, yeah, spoiler, spoilers, oh, yeah. spoilers, spoilers, yeah. Uh, what was it called? It wasn't called the foundation. What was it called? It was the, it was renewal. the renewal. The renewal. Yeah, the basically, renewal. the renewal was not what it you know actually was 
uh, meant to be. And so, so, so that's the part that you missed, but. Well, I already had known that, so. Okay. All right. Good for you. Um, yeah. So I agree with everything that everyone has said so far. Great Batman movie. Best of them when it comes to detective focus. But having said that, I don't, I feel like the movie was missing something. So they didn't really like they didn't have him do his Bruce Wayne stuff that he normally does in most of the movies. And yeah, so, so we didn't have that balance of life. And it's supposed to be like his second or third year as Batman. So I get that he's still learning to balance it, but it, it does take away something of like who Batman is when they don't do that. Yeah, may yeah, maybe. That that I, I think that's only a small part, but it was something very noticeable to me. No, you, know, you, you were, oh, sorry, go on, Austin. No, go, go ahead, Jagger. Go ahead. I was gonna say, um, my roommate noticed the same thing. Um, I didn't she she and I watched it separately because I I invited my roommates to go see it with me, and she and her boyfriend were like, Oh, we're gonna go do something else, and then they changed their mind, but I was already in the theater when they changed their mind. So they saw it like the the showing that was happening after me, kind of, or like during mine, you know, multiple theaters being set aside for this movie at our little tiny small town theater. Anyways, and that was what she said is that she like she to her, the movie was meh. That's the quote her. Um, she felt it was OK hmm. because there wasn't that Bruce Wayne living the lifestyle going to the parties, you know, showing off that he's this rich guy who's got everything in the world and he's got life easy. And she like she didn't care for it because of that. Like it didn't have that. balance. She, she specifically said Bruce Wayne stuff. Yeah, yeah, she was just like, the movie was okay because there wasn't that balance with Bruce Wayne side of it. It was very focused on him being Batman. So I was like, I could see that. I think I think my perspective is a little different because I don't necessarily know if it's specific to the absence of Bruce Wayne stuff. What, what I think it was for me is this movie showed Batman doing things but it doesn't necessarily explore uh, with much depth as to why he's doing the things the way he's doing it. And I, and you know, you, you get a lot of that through origin story stuff. And I know they didn't want to do origin story and I'm fine with not doing another origin story, but I still think there needs to be a deeper explanation psychologically, like maybe him going to his parents' graves and having some conversations with them or just something that shows a little more depth so, because because all because it was it was a lot of going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing and it shows Batman here's, doing here's where maybe the disconnect is because I saw them actually doing the origin story in it and it was really great. Yeah because was, they did the origin really without doing the origin and yes. I loved yeah. that. Yeah, that was very because well done. they did it in a remit like the cri- the first crime that happens is the mayor is killed. And so you're reliving the origins or Bruce Bruce Wayne is reliving his origins through watching mm. the boy. Because no, it had I... been a mayoral race and that's when his father had died and I think in a lot of ways it was saving that boy that it, it, it just it was that connection they were trying to build. I, I liked that. 
I I see that and I did like that, but I don't think it I don't think it nearly explains why he does what he does. All it does is show that he can relate to the boy because he went through something similar. But what what was the, what what's the outcome of that? Like how how is he still wrestling with that? That was not explored. So uh, the other thing they were trying to do is showed is that Alfred's trying to talk to him and he's like, I'm doing this for my family. And Falcone gets in his head. And is he really doing this for his family? And I think they actually were trying to make him question why he's doing it. No, 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 they did. Yeah. Jekka. Um, and, and that was actually like, for me, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like it. I don't know. Maybe it's because I like Batman so much that I don't need that question specifically <laughs> answered because I know what's happening. But at the same time, like, um, I felt like, I don't know, the part, I don't know if this is going to answer your question or whatever, Austin, I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, the thing I really liked about this is like, it's, he's, the, the, this move, the beginning part of this movie when Batman's talking about Gotham and how it's been mm. two years later after he started this path of being the vigilante, mm-hmm. he sounds like he's on the verge of giving up. And I really like that. And, and like, even like in the beginning, he's like, oh, without saying it, he's even asking that question. Why am I even doing this without mm-hmm. saying it? So I really mm-hmm. like that subtlety. I felt like that subtlety added to the movie but even he doesn't know why he's doing this. He's almost like, and then when he's confronted by a Selena Kyle, and I think I'm trying to remember, I just saw this two days ago and already I'm like forgetting this one scene. Um, but I think like in a way you find out that he's pretty much like, he doesn't care if he dies or not. So he's almost just kind of like, yeah, trying to do something, but he, oh. and he thinks like his solution to helping the city is being the vigilante and I felt like the mayor trying to like get Bruce Wayne to come on board with her and like help her do good things because his parents were doing that sort of thing. I felt the like that was kid. kind of like, like that was like setting up for another story is kind of like leading him into yeah. f- stepping into his father's shoes and actually like continuing, like, you know, making the Wayne name powerful again and a good symbol. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that you brought up the beginning um, because the beginning of this episode or the beginning of the movie was actually my favorite part of the movie. Oh, that was intense. The, the, the entire setup was the best. And yeah. I thought it really stood out uh, quite a bit. Everything else after that was good, but I don't think it was as great as the opening. And the I loved... I loved how they incorporated the bat signal throughout this movie. It was, in my opinion, it was the best. Uh, uh, it was the best cinematic use of the bat signal. Just showing when that signal is on, everybody—it's a warning to all the all the criminals, and now they're scared of every shadow. And I just. I love that. So yeah, I loved it how it was following like, three separate crimes, and it was a matter of like which one is Batman going to show up. <laughs> I did really like that. Oh. That was really cool. It, it helped me keep in mind why 
they kept everything so dark because they kept using the shadows for people to fade in and out of and to mm-hmm. mask people's faces. And at times it, I utterly just despised how dark everything was because it was really <laughs> it was, hard it was for me dark. to see. I, I'm trying to like see details and everything was just so dark. And now I want to watch it on my TV where I can kind of brighten it a bit. So I can actually see things. Yeah, but I, I, it didn't. That didn't bother me though. And, and that's fine. That was a me thing. Sure. Okay. No biggie. <laughs> yeah, and that's where I felt like it paid homage to the original animated series because the original animated series, they yes. did the animation on black paper, not white. I know. To give Freaking it that sweet dark, the darker tone to it. So yeah. So yeah. So like this movie, I really felt like com- like so of the Batman movies, my absolute favorite one is The Dark Knight. Agreed. And this one, it's like right up. It's like border. It's with it. It's tied. Like I always like to really I don't like to commit to one or the other. But yeah, I was just so impressed. Like I and and I will say this too because a lot of people are talking about it. Robert Patterson does. I felt did an amazing job at playing Batman. He and did. He anybody did is like, oh, Robert Patterson, guy from Twilight. He's not a great actor. It's like, huh, go see the Batman. Okay. So I will, he is a good actor. I will do this one correction and I will not correct anyone again. It's Pattinson. Oh, Pattinson. Sorry. So let me, let me say this. Okay. Two things. Um, okay. I want to talk about the order uh, in which I place this film. And I want to talk about him as Batman. Okay. I would like to put in, I would like to talk with the Riddler when you're done with yes, that. Yes, I want to talk about yes. the Riddler too. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning the two things because <laughs> the order and him as Batman, because I, I don't want to forget. Okay, the order. I think I need to watch this again before I can really place it in order because I I don't know if it's number two. I don't know if it's number three and, I, and it might be number four for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I have to put Dark Knight as number one, absolutely. Uh, I still think that is by far and away the best. Uh, I might put Batman 89 as number two. And then, and then either this film or Batman begins as number three. And I, and I just don't know. And so I, I think I need to watch it again. All right. Now, Robert Pattinson, 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 whatever, Batboy. Who turned into a bat finally. Uh, him as an actor and everything he did as Batman, I liked. I had no problem with that. And I I, I, lo- I loved his intensity. The only issue I had, and I just could not get over it, no matter how hard I tried, was just how skinny and breakable he looked as Batman. I thought he just... He was just... He was too small. I could beat him up. And I think he needed to put on another 20 pounds of muscle. And then I've been, I've been fine, but he, he just, he just, he looked. I mean, he's like the skinniest Batman I've ever seen. And now you understand why Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman bothers me. (laughs) See, and that didn't bother me. I felt like, I don't know. I personally liked that about it. I'm so used to looking past it. Yeah, I, I just like, because I remember seeing that, like, a couple of the scenes when he's just, like, standing, when he's not in the bat suit. And I'm like, yeah, he looks very 
he does look kind of small and frail, but I just figure like, you know, it's, it's a cover like Bruce, the whole, his whole identity is Bruce Wayne, which is his oh. identity. But like just that persona he puts forth, it's like, I felt like it was, you know, like appearing weak is his advantage, you know? So, I mean, if you think about the animated series, he is a big guy. And I I do agree that to be Batman, you have to have the muscles to do it. And so I, I, I guess I'm just so used to looking past the fact that they put frail women that, like, that don't have muscles in these superhero roles. When they do it to a guy, I'm like, well, well. But but uh, no, it's what yeah, they do. It's like, what they do. Yeah. No. Ma- yeah. Okay. When it comes to Wonder Woman. I mean, she's she's a goddess, and she has she has the power of the gods. So I she, used her as an example. No, 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 I, get, no, no I get it. More. More. I get it. I get it. Gail Gadot, because you look at Gail Gadot and the person but, that played the one lady in Mandalorian. Now I'm forgetting her name. Uh, Gina Carano. No, no, no I, get, I get, I get, I get your guy's point. I get it. I have no problem with that. No problem with that. But but when it comes to Wonder Woman specifically, I. She can be okay. Fra- no, 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 no. Just let me. Go. I understand no, 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 no. your point. No, 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 no. She can be frail because she has superpowers. But Batman, on the other end, has no superpowers. I used so her as an example. I, stop. <laughs> Batman has no superpowers, so he has to be buffer. He just has to be. Okay, I used one woman as an example. Like they do it all. We're, we're, I know. The time. Uh, we're, we're talking about two different all things. All the time. I, I, I'm talking about I, uh, a. because he doesn't have superpowers. And, and we're saying and, he and, and, doesn't okay, care. Fine, fine, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. The Flash, the Flash, uh, Ezra Miller is skinny, but it doesn't matter because the Flash has superpowers. Let me change Wonder Woman out for the Flash because it, I didn't, I didn't I mean to throw it off in that direction. Ezra Miller is skinny, but it doesn't matter because the Flash has superpowers. Batman can't be skinny because he doesn't have superpowers. He, he has someone- to have muscles. As someone who goes rock climbing, there are people that can be skinny <laughs> and have that skinny body and be super strong. There are no, no, I get it. that have that. I he get has it. a rock climber's so, body. Okay. He has a rock climber's body. He can hold a, 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 rock, a rock climber's body is not going to win. No, yes, in, it will. It's yes, not, no, it not going to okay. win in a fight versus 20 yes, people. It no, it's not, not. Okay, so... Um, Jacka, did you ever watch American Gladiators? No. Okay. So the perfect example of, of what Austin's talking about here is the people that were able to win in American Gladiators and become like gladiators the next season were the people with ultra trim rock climber bodies. Literally what you're talking about. 
they were able to win, but they were utterly horrible, worthless gladiators because they could not compete against the people coming at them. There's a certain body. If you want to be a fighter and you want to be skinny, then you need to look like one of the Gracies. who knows jujitsu and is an MMA fighter. Those are skinny people who have a body that looks like a fighter. Robert Pattinson's body did not look like a fighter. He he looked like a runner. So, yeah, it's, so, it's the difference th- in, anyway. in which muscle groups do which things. So And so that's Austin's complaint. Yes. But as Jack and the I have said, we are so used to this. Seeing that. that don't even pay it's attention. It's not even a thing. The ri- the Riddler? The Riddler. <laughs> yes. Was, I really liked the story for the Riddler. I loved his origin that they revealed at the end. I love. Wait, wait, wait. What was the origin? He was, he was an orphan the- and he was oh, used yes. by the Wayne family that's, that's right, that's to right. promote the renewal project. Standing behind Bruce Wayne in the picture at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and then the renewal project never happened. Yeah. yeah, and so I loved how Batman is freaking out that Riddler has figured it out, especially as he goes into that yes. rant, Bruce Wayne! Bruce Wayne! Yeah, that was pretty cool. And it was just so epic as Batman's like, oh, he hasn't figured this out. Oh my out. gosh, like, I was sitting there and like, you know, it's just like, one that see, that whole scene was so well done. Yes, it oh, was. Because amazing. he goes, you know, he's looking at the Riddler's, like, his his plotting board, his conspiracy board, and he's like, oh my gosh, he knows who I am. He goes in there, and he's, like, trying to figure out how mm-hmm. much the Riddler knows. And the Riddler, he just says one line, and it's just like, oh my gosh, he doesn't know. And yeah. it's just like, <laughs> yeah. like, my, oh, I had chills Spectacular. go down my spine. I was like, it was one of those things. It was probably a good thing I was by myself because I was with. If I was with anyone else, I would have been like gasping, being yeah. that person that the theater that is so engrossed in the movie that they're like saying things way too loud so everyone in the theater hears it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there in my seat, like, "Oh my gosh, ah, ah," you know, like, yeah, that that was so good. That, I was talking to myself like, there. <laughs> this this was obviously probably the best portrayal of Riddler in yes. anything. In anything, yes. they so, make him so well done. Yeah, like in, and that's where I will even say, like even more so than the animated series, I liked how they portrayed the Riddler. Like he was, it was like, yeah, he needs to be in Arkham. He is crazy. Oh like, yeah, that was like amazing. Ooh. One of my favorite parts Ooh. is how he he felt that Batman was his partner. Oh yeah, yeah. so yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, that one, he, when he was like, we almost got all of them. We didn't get Bruce Wayne, but we will get him. You know, I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So interesting. Insane. Well, yeah, it was, it, it was the, the, the delusions that were just, it was so perfect. And like how things like added up to Batman fulfilling what the Riddler wanted, but not understanding that Batman wasn't doing it on purpose. Yeah. 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 Oh, that yeah. was, yeah, I will say like, that's, that's why this movie is so like, I'm so shaky as to where it sits. If it, what about, what about, number one spot oh, or number two, because of that plot, like that overall so, plot. G- going to the looks. Okay. So Austin was complaining about the actor for Batman. I want to say 
I loved the look of Riddler without his mask on. Yeah, yeah he it was so ordinary, so average, and they plain. really played him down that he's just like this like run of the mill guy. Yeah, yeah, you you really wouldn't look twice at him. Like yeah. he had one of those faces where yeah, you would engage in a pleasant conversation and then you wouldn't think twice about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about Penguin and Catwoman in this film. Loves Catwoman. Catwoman. Uh, she is the Catwoman. Well, she is the Catwoman. I would still put Michelle Pfeiffer above uh-uh. her, but no. but then I put no oh, this way. one. I, I this was this was the most realistic portrayal of Catwoman, uh, and sympathetic towards her. I liked it, her backstory. Oh, yeah, her backstory was great. Backstory. Yeah, that was oh, amazing. amazing. The. Uh, Colin Farrell, Farrell? No, not Colin. No. Colin, Colin something. I'm having a brain fart. Anyways, the actor that played uh, uh, the Penguin was was terrific as well. Oh, and I really, I really liked all that. Um, Colin Farrell, yeah, Colin Farrell. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. well, yeah, it was him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I he re- did a great job as Penguin. Yeah, I love that chase scene. Um. I love both of them. I don't know. How, I don't. Know, I don't know what else to say. But say about it, uh, because I also want to go back to Arkham because obviously but, they were teasing okay. the Joker. So they were. But I'm going to go back to Catwoman because okay, Catwoman right. deserves Catwoman. more right. time. Let's talk more Catwoman, um, and then we'll go back to the Joker. So I remember watching the trailers, going, "I, I'm not. I, I just didn't know about how they were doing her hair, and it, it kind of bugged me. But I loved." that she had that short hair to do wig changes and to change her look mm. going into those crime areas. Sure. And it also made her cat burglar hat fit like so perfect. And have we lost Jekka? No, sorry. I was oh, looking oh. at <laughs> and I was like, wait, Colin Farrell plays penguin. Like I didn't recognize him at all. So I'm sitting here yeah. like, like, what? Oh, yeah. yeah. The makeup was great. <laughs> wait, that was Dang, they fooled but, they, makeup job. They fooled me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Zoe, Zoe Kravitz. I, was, I had to verify really, that because I did not pay attention in the credits. Anyways, go on. She she really pulled off Catwoman so well. Like, hands down, she is the best Catwoman. And I will hear no arguments to the contrary. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Andy Circus. I liked him as Alfred Pennyworth. Yes. He did a great job, yeah. I wish they had a little bit more Alfred. He, he kind of seemed... He deserved more time. Yeah, he deserved but, more time. Yeah, there was I, I no was, space to put yes. him in. Yeah, he got shortchanged yeah. in a three-hour movie somehow. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, I am with you, and I was expecting more Alfred. Yeah, I, I hope to get more, but I liked him as Alfred quite a bit, actually. Quite yeah. a bit. Uh, but anyways, let's go back to Arkham. Obviously, the Riddler's talking to the Joker there, and we get, a, we get like the, just the slightest glimpse and uh, the the smile that he had, we only see a corner of it, but it looked very, very like stereotypical Joker picture. Like if you think about the 1989 Batman and they've got the picture of the Joker, it's like the long face with the big giant, you know, uh, pointed smile. It looked like they were going for that. And boy, to, to, to maybe see that, like my imagination's running, to see that in like human form would be really creepy, <laughs> scary yeah. creepy. 
Um, the only thing I didn't like though is his is the Joker's voice was very uh, not what I expected. I I, I, I I think there's work in progress. It's, it was a great tease, but yeah. I'm not going to dwell on it. I yeah, I'd rather. Oh, what? Go on. No, I I'm bad at interrupting. Keep going. Oh, I, I was just going to go on to um, Jeffrey Wright's James Gordon. Oh, what about okay. him? And I, good. I I thought he did a great job. I, I really liked how yeah. they showed the dichotomy there. I like how he was trying to help Batman with oh, all this yeah. corruption. He's like, here's the keys. I know. Hit me. Go this way, this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. That, that, it, it was good. It was. It, yeah. He deserves at least a mention on the podcast because I, I thought it was a great James Gordon. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think. Maybe. Uh, who played? Who played? Commissioner Gordon in uh, the Dark Knight series. I can picture his face, but not his name. Uh, that was Gary Oldman. Gary yeah. Oldman. I I would put him on par with Gary Oldman. Yeah. Uh, those two are the best by far. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, he did a very good job. Yeah. Uh, all right. So they've been talking about doing some spinoffs for this. They've been talking about doing a Gotham City spinoff. And I would assume they're going to be doing a uh, The Batman sequel. Um, any any ideas or thoughts on where they could be going? Or or what is it that you want to see in this Matt Reeves I'll, Batman world? I'll, I'll admit, I actually don't... Even though they brought in the Joker at the very end, he's talking to the Riddler, I actually yeah. don't want to see the Joker. Um, like, the Joker's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, he is the... He is Batman's ultimate villain. I just feel like with how well they did this storyline with the Riddler, I would like to see other um, yeah. storylines with some of his other villains. And the Joker, like the Joker's great. Like I'm not trying to shortchange that in any way, but it's like, it, I feel like when it comes to Batman's, like the slew of villains you have available to you that are genuinely, you know, difficult for Batman to take on, the Joker is kind of like the fallback. It's kind of like, we need a good villain. Joker! You know, it's like, so take the Joker aside. There's a whole bunch and, of other ones. And honestly, you I can do such a good storyline with. I think I would have rather have seen Walking Phoenix's Joker versus uh, Robert I Pattinson's I was so excited Batman. not to see Walking Phoenix. I was so excited. I, that made me so That happy. movie is so good and you haven't seen it, so you don't understand. I would, I would have... I'm okay with with having another Joker, but I think it's a missed opportunity not having uh, Walking Phoenix Joker because okay. he was so, so good. What I was going to put out is I I really love how they did Catwoman as an antihero. Yes, she's still a cat burglar. She's still a villain. Yeah, but she was a hero. So you, yeah. you see her film. in the sequel. Um, very possibly. What I would like to see is I would like to see more. Of the campy Batman movie villains redeemed. Um, I think this was a great redemption of the Joker. <laughs> the theatrical Joker. So let's get some maybe some Poison Ivy. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I, like, Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Like, I'm, like that's what I would like to see. I would like with how well they did Riddle the Riddler. I would like to see them do a Mr. Freeze. You know, I would like to see a Mr. Freeze. Poison Ivy would be cool. Um, I I would not mind seeing more Penguin either because they kind of left that oh, open. They, like, they are definitely going to bring in more Penguin. In. 
How would they, how would they so, do that from this more realistic Batman point of so view, though? It, what I, I don't know if it works for this Matt Reeves Batman world. So what I loved about Penguin was how much he was the mob boss. Yeah. And how... It, well, that, Falcone was the mob boss. Penguin he, was just the lieutenant. It, no, Falcone was the mob okay, boss. Yeah. Falcone was pretty cool. In this. Okay, I can we stop okay. like interrupting me and saying the same thing over and over again? Continue. Okay, so I lost my points from earlier <laughs> <laughs> as I interrupt again. <laughs> I'm in the middle of this. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so he's he's becoming the mob boss. He was the lieutenant, but they just took Falcone out. And now the power vacuum gives the, all the power to the penguin. Mm-hmm. And how is the penguin going to strive to get that power? Especially because so much of the corruption has now been cracked because of the Riddler. And how much power is going to go back to the city government to actually run effectively and efficiently? And how much is going to go to the penguin? And where's that going to fight out? Where's that going to lead out? Um, could we see maybe some Dr. Harley coming in to work in, in, um, Arkham and maybe lead this out longer instead of introducing characters as villains right away, establish them kind of how they did the penguin and how they did Catwoman in this. Well, I'm this fine movie. with that. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with all that. I don't, I don't, I don't have any issue. I, uh, I just don't know, you know. None of the other Batman movies have been able to do the more fantasy-like characters of of the Batman uh, comics very well. Like, uh, like you brought up Mister Freeze and Poison Ivy. Like, their 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 characters almost involve magical powers, and and it. I don't know if that will work for the big screen. But uh, that's why I think they would be great because it would. Be, they would have to get creative with what they're doing. They would have to make it work. Like Poison Ivy, I can say right now, it could be something as simple as a woman who knows plants so well, she knows how to poison people with them. You know, like... Well, I'd be, I'd be fine with that. Like, that's... Because that could work, you know? Like, um, you know, there's... Like she there, there's so many ways, very point. you know, there's so many things could do it. Yeah. Like, cause with Catwoman, you know, in the, if you think about the animated series is like Catwoman had all these cats that she could communicate with and they would do her bidding, you know, like lions and tigers and all that. And it's like, I feel like with poison Ivy, they can get creative with that with Mr. Freeze. They can get creative with that. Like they can do like, it is possible to do them without that magical element to them. Which is why I feel like Batman has always, to me, had so many interesting villains because very few of them were like full-on superpowers. Maybe Mr. Freeze could be... Sorry, I was going to say, maybe Mr. Freeze could be some sort of like serial murderer who like dumps dry ice on people or something. They could do Hush. They could do Hush. Like, that's a scary serial killer. Yeah. Like a Zodiac killer. Like, yeah. But they're going to do Joker because Joker makes them money. And 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 I know we just kind of bagged on it, but I'm okay with that. I love the Joker. It's like it's like how ha- it's like having a Batman movie without the Batman. So I, here's what I would like them to do: is I would like them to do the Penguin with developing the Joker through 
throughout the movie and then like the third movie be Joker. I, I would rather that development. So that way we're like, it, it, it's like the tease, which they kind of did at the end, which it, I felt like they teased the penguin throughout the movie. Yeah. And I liked that. Hey, should we uh, see if Brady wants to come back for our sign off? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, we should. <laughs> uh, one last thing uh, I want to say. Yeah, what any last say? comments? Um, there was that green vial that Batman injected himself with. And I was like, ooh, we got some venom going on here. So. Mm, it was at venom. the end. Yeah, so venom, not to be confused with the MCU's venom. Venom is a chemical that Bane would inject into himself. Oh, oh okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like a green steroid serum thing, kind of like Super Soldier. It's like DC's universe version of the Super Soldier serum, but it's sure, like yeah, yeah, kind of thing. So, but yeah, like when he pulled out that green vial and stabbed himself, I was like, oh, Venom! <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I think it was just some sort of uh, adrenaline. Adrenaline, yeah, but but that's the thing. I, that's what I is. did like that. But yeah, I like that. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That uh, was pretty cool. So. Well, thanks so much, folks, for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Review us and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, YouTube, or wherever else you find us. Next week, I guess there's a really cool Ryan Reynolds movie on Netflix called The Adam Project. Yes. And uh, it caught our attention because some people that have seen it have basically described it as being on par with, like, E.T. and Back to the Future. Like, it's going to be a movie we talk about for a long time. Will it be? I don't know, but we're going to check it out on Netflix. So if you happen to check it out, too, make sure to leave us a voicemail with your thoughts on The Adam Project at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast. You can also choose an email at supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Search Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a share. And we got Brady back to sign off. <laughs> Apparently he had fun watching us uh, freak out and move our hands all over. Amanda was mad at me. Okay, so. you've got. See you guys. <laughs> oh, ah. we don't hear you, Brady. What's going on? Uh, this is one of those podcasts. Lower <laughs> your expectations. But all from all of us at Superman Podcast, stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. See ya. <laughs> he's saying Brady, bye. He's saying we can't bye. hear Brady, but he's saying bye. All right, see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>